Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybercrimes and how they're committed. My name is Chloe Tonis, and today we have a story not of a crime, but of a tool used to commit cybercrime getting shut down and 142 people being arrested for their involvement, including the mastermind around the project itself. Spoofing phone calls is a method of phishing, or over the phone it is called vishing, as in voice phishing, that can be rather convincing. If your caller ID has a company's name, you may just believe it immediately and listen to what they have to say. And when you're on the phone, it's a real-time conversation, so it's easier to trick people. Part of the reason scams and phishing or vishing works is because of a sense of urgency, and vishing inherently provides that sense. You don't have as much time to critically think about the information being presented. Unlike with an email where you can just go back to it in a few minutes or reread it. Phone scams and spoofing have existed since phones, and it's one of the oldest form of scams. In fact, some of the first hacking to ever exist was involving phones. This was mostly in the form of trying to get free calls or discover special service numbers or other kinds of technical information, but the term was freaking, which is where the PH in phishing comes from. Just a little fun fact I figured I'd throw in there. But let's talk about this case. How do hackers change their phone numbers to that of real companies and people? Well, there's a lot of services that do this, but the big new one that we're talking about today was called iSpoof. So how does iSpoof work? Hackers can sign up and pay a subscription fee to use the service. You enter any phone number that you want to show up when calling someone instead of your own, and well, there it is. But that's not the only feature the service gave. iSpoof also allowed you to make calls directly from your web browser and even allowed you to send robocalls with your spoofed caller ID. Although I always ignore those, it may get some people to call back if it's convincing enough. And the thing is with these kinds of scams, you don't need everyone to call back. You can call 100 people and if one calls back, that may just be good enough to make a profit. iSpoof was created in December of 2020, so it's a fairly new website of its kind, but despite only being around for about two years, it still resulted in millions of fraudulent calls being made. According to Europol, between June 2021 and July 2022 specifically, 10 million fraudulent phone calls were made around the world, and 60,000 scammers or hackers were using the service at its peak. So how is this used to scam people? Well, besides the phone number spoofing, of course. After all, you need more than just a fake phone number to trick someone. A lot of scammers would spoof the phone numbers of banks or retailers and use details of financial transactions that were sold on hacker forums in order to sound more believable. But even then, this step may not be necessary if you can figure out the customers of a certain bank you want to disguise yourself as, or even if you decide to personate a retailer that everyone uses these days like Amazon. Vishing can, and did, lead to people disclosing their pins or other financial information that would allow the scammers to empty their bank accounts. And in the case of online retailers, it could even lead to people handing over their account credentials as well. On average, according to The Telegraph, people who fell for this scam would lose about $10,000, but there is one person to have lost a whopping $3 million. That is a lot of money to get from one single target. In total, Europol estimates a total financial loss of $120 million from victims. So how was this operation uncovered? Well, it was an investigation that was international in scope as the website began to gain notoriety. Eventually, Dutch police in cooperation with the London's Metropolitan Police Services found that the service was hosted in servers in Almere in the Netherlands, apologies if I pronounced that wrong, and that an operator lived in London. Dutch police were able to spy on traffic to the server that hosted iSpoof by means of a tap on the server. 
Now, this piece of information is from a translated article originally written in Dutch, directly from the Dutch police, so I'm unsure if the translation is correct. I believe it is referring to a network tap. A tap basically makes a copy of the data passed over the network without altering it. A tap is usually used for network monitoring, and it's installed on your own system, but they can also be installed by an outsider if the server is located, which, well, it was. Now, I don't speak Dutch, so I'm unsure the translation is direct, and if you do speak Dutch and are familiar with IT operations, I would appreciate any corrections. But this does sound right to me, because if a tap was secretly placed on the server, the owner likely wouldn't know about it, especially if the server is hosted remotely and they don't ever interact with it. And given how a lot of sites are beginning to use cloud infrastructure, which is really just someone else's computer, this could very well be the case. The owner of Icepoof was arrested in London on November 6th, and two days later on the 8th, the server was seized in a combined effort from the UK and Ukrainian authorities, and now on the website, a message stating the website has been seized is displayed instead of the actual contents of the website. Because the Dutch police basically have a copy of all the network traffic since they planted the tap, they are working to break the anonymity that the service promised scammers and are sharing it with other countries that are participating in the investigation. Throughout the month of November, a total of 142 people have been arrested so far. And according to Dutch police, these numbers are only expected to grow. Despite claims from iSpoof that you would remain anonymous, user data that identified people using the service was found on the servers, making them perfectly identifiable and very much not anonymous. Going after the users instead of just the administrators sends a powerful message that no one is safe and no one is as anonymous as they think they are. Authorities have a list of phone numbers of victims of iSpoof scammers due to the data found on the servers, and the victims will be contacted both for compensation and for more information on this type of scam. You may laugh at dumb phone scams you get about your car's extended warranty, or one that I got was that my social security number had been cancelled, which isn't a thing. But these types of scams disproportionately target non-native speakers of a language. And I say a language and not just English because this was an international case. Multiple countries were involved and multiple languages were involved. But it also disproportionately affects the elderly and those poorly educated on internet safety. Even if none of that applies to you, it's easy to be caught off guard and tricked. No one is immune to scams. Thank you to Bleeping Computer, Europol, the Dutch Police, TechCrunch, and the Hacker News for information regarding this takedown and how it operated. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cybercrime. My name is Chloe Tonus, and until next time, think before you act and stay secure.